We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, we have a lot of questions and not a ton of time. So, like, let's get rocking and rolling here, man. We have a question from Ants underscore VR. says, Ryan, any updates on Caleb Beasley? Been pretty silent, wondering if the ship has sailed. And I know that Notre Dame is still in contact with Caleb Beasley. It's just, look, he was supposed to come to Ohio State originally. Then the next biggest step would have been maybe come to USC instead, right? You're running out of home games to get <laughs> Caleb Beasley or any other recruit to come to. I mean, that's kind of where it is, right? So I I don't feel good about it. I haven't felt good about it for the last like month or so. I've been continuously saying it on the show. Like, I just don't see it happening as of today unless something dramatically changes. If you don't get Caleb Beasley to campus, it's not going to happen. Just flat out, it's not going to happen. And Sean, you are running out of ability to get him to campus because we're running out of home games here, man. I mean, we're already halfway through the season right now. So more than halfway, two thirds of the way. So and you don't have any more big home games. Yeah, like you're done with the big home games. So you know, maybe it's an incons- uh, maybe it's an inconspicuous Saturday that he shows maybe, up at. Maybe he shows up for Pitt. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he shows up for Pitt next week. I mean, who knows? Ivan Taylor is coming for Pitt, the 2025 safety who Notre Dame loves a lot. So it's it's not unne- it's not unreasonable to think that they could still make it happen but my point is is that the further we get with him not taking a visit i don't feel good about it that's all and i mean just just follow me for a second double r yes um yep if i'm him i probably i probably would want to come to a smaller weekend than to have it be really big that i'm at ohio state and usc you know I, what I'm saying? I, I, I would, I would I, I probably get it. Yeah. Sneak, up, mm. sneak up, smaller weekend. Get, get a little bit more one-on-one time with coaches. Yeah, I, I can yeah. see that. And can not see have it. it be, you know, a big deal. Paparazzi yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. I could get that, man. Yeah. And because a lot of guys are – he's not a very, like – outward person right as far as like mm-hmm. want his business to be out there so it's possible man it's possible but yeah the further we get along though and the less i feel about it i mean like i don't feel anything about it right now to be honest like i, I just don't i don't see it happening but we shall see 
Sexy Man, Sean. I love some of the names in this chat, by the way. Sexy Man says, any idea what that Deuce Knight stay tuned hint is all about on, on X? Yes, Sexy Man. I'm not going to tell you what, obviously, but I do indeed know what stay tuned means for Mr. Deuce Knight. And you all might know sometime soon. We shall see. Sean, we had a question from Mark Avalone who said, salt on Elijah Rushing's interview after Arizona, Arizona decommitment. He said Notre Dame was a possibility in his top four along with Oregon, UCLA, and Tennessee. Thoughts on likelihood of pickup or how hard Notre Dame will recruit him? Mark, I think that Notre Dame will probably try to a degree, but I, I, I have said this the minute that he decommitted from Arizona. This is just my opinion. I know he named the top four and people are saying that it's open and all that type of stuff. I I have a very good I have a very good thought here that Elijah Rushing knows where he's going to go to school next year. I I, I think that I have a very good opinion on that. Okay. And yeah. I think that Elijah Rushing knows where he's going to go to school next year. And I think most people know where he's going to go to school next year. So maybe it's open. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But uh, I mean, if you're asking me about Notre Dame's chances, uh, very little, very little. I, I don't think that that one is going to happen. So yeah, it's pretty much like he'd be committed knowing. Yeah. You, you typically yeah. don't decommit just to fully open it up this late in the process, right? Yeah. Like it usually does not happen that way, but I guess things have happened or things can happen. I just, Sean, I, I think I just think I know where he's going, and I'll just leave it at that. For now, I guess. Oh, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, more than likely, he'll be on the West Coast. Yes, I would agree. We had a super chat from Raymond Harton. Thank you so much, Raymond. It just says, great show, guys. Good to see Sean. And as always, thanks for the recruiting updates. Ryan, go Irish. Thank you so much, Raymond. And it is great to see Sean. I agree. Thank you all so much for that. Thank you. Let's go to this one it was from Robert Matichek, who says, is there a current player commit or recruit that reminds uh, reminds CJ of his style? Oh, sorry. This was this was for Robert. Um, Robert, this was for uh, CJ Procise when we had him on, but we'll, we'll still handle it, Sean. We'll still do it. Is there a current player commit or recruit that reminds you of CJ from a style or, uh, or game pr- perspective? Same question, but are you a player at a different position he's excited particularly about? We can't answer that one. Thank you so much. Robert, I'm sorry I missed this one. But, Sean, is there a player or a a recruit that reminds you a little bit of C.J. Procise? Well, we talked to him about it, in my opinion. You know, um, Xavier Watts literally could be very good at two to three positions, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball. And – I promise you, Notre Dame fans, I've seen him make plays in practice at wide receiver. Yep. Like consistently. So if he came, he would be a great help if he had switched to wide receiver <laughs> with things as they stand right now. But you know, for his outlook and what he wanted to do in his, you know, his career. He stayed on the defensive side of the ball. I'm happy he stayed on the defensive side of the ball. And I think CJ said it. Like, yeah, I love watching him and how they play. And that's how I saw myself playing as safety. So I would probably say Xavier Watts. I think Xavier's a good one. It's better than anyone I have, Sean. It would have been Brandon Hillman if Brandon Hillman would have went to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. That would have been my Mm -hmm. guy. But Mm -hmm. obviously he's not in Notre Dame. He's at Michigan now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Xavier Watts makes a lot of sense, obviously, for the 
transitions he's made during his career. We had this question. I just want to answer real quick. Andy Solomon said, what do you want to see from the offense after the bye week, Sean? What do you want to see? What's the growth you want to see? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fall season is incredibly busy for me, which makes it hard to spend the time needed to make healthy meals and live a healthy life. If you have the same problem, you'll want to try Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've had Factor Meals, and I'm going to continue buying from them, especially with a special discount for Irish Breakdown listeners. With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. You can choose from 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals to promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. I've tried it. I'm sticking with them. You should try too. I want to see an evolution, if that makes sense. I want to see an evolution. I want to see the wide receivers better at releases, their routes, getting separation. I want to see the offensive line continuing to get better. Solve all that rot. You had look, this is the, this is when you solve all that rotation stuff on the inside. But I can't really be too upset because in the biggest games, the offensive line has shown up. They showed up against Ohio State. They showed up against USC. You want to debate Duke and Louisville and all of that? Fine. All I know is in the two biggest games, the offensive line showed up. And I need Sam Hartman to take some darn shots. Period. There's no reason Chris Tyree shouldn't get three shots a game. Two to three shots a game. Yeah, throw the ball deep to Tobias. So what? He dropped the ball against Duke. So so what? That's what happens with players. They drop the ball. You keep going to them. 
at some point you have to put confidence into your young players. Yep. You have to. What else do you have? Because you're going to expect him to be a difference maker next year. So yep. at some point, yo, we have to get him two, at least two shots per game. There's no reason for Notre Dame not to take shots the way defenses are playing it. Yep. Well, and Joe, that, that, that's exactly my point is that aggressiveness is kind of like an overarching thing. But the thing I want to see mostly, Anthony, for me, is you need to find some way to win outside the numbers at some point. You have to. Your mm-hmm. outside receivers, they have to get involved or at least the outside portion of the field. I truly believe, like, I've talked about this a million times. You are making the field very condensed for Notre Dame right now. You're making mm-hmm. passing windows smaller. You're making the margin for error for offensive linemen smaller. You need to be able to, in my opinion, open up the field a little bit. And I'm not talking about open up the field vertically. Like, it's great. You can hit some shots, but some bubble screens out there, some stuff outside the numbers, some comebacks. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be able to affect the outside perimeter so that teams aren't just going to funnel everything inside and make it harder for you. You're making you're making it a lot harder for you by being very just one dimensional and predictable right now. It's it's not easy to play offense right now at Notre Dame. So I uh, yeah, I just want to see them make some plays outside the numbers because I think that will be able to open up a lot of possibilities on the field. Whole lot. Mm-hmm. Show me a question for you. Here we go. Wait. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Let's go here. We had a question from DMND13. What's up, Dan? Sean, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame fans on X mm-hmm. not being able to objective and admit Caleb Williams is a better pro prospect than Sam mm-hmm. Harbin? I replied once to have your back with those jokers for what it's worth. So, Ryan, you know me. I try to be as objective as I can when it comes to not only Notre Dame players, but players in college football, right? So this guy, I think his name is Coach Brown or something, um, was the one that put up the post immediately after the game Saturday about Sam Hartman being a better, he's a, the most pro-ready quarterback in all of college football, and he's better than Caleb Williams, right? which I found to be absolutely hilarious, right? And under that, there were a couple of former Notre Dame players that agreed with it. One happened to be somebody that I talked to on a consistent basis, Paul Grassmanis. And so, you know, then I saw um, someone that has a Notre Dame podcast pretty much repost the same tweet two nights ago. And so I put a tweet out like, wow, people are really trying to push this narrative that Sam Harvin is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams, right? Wait, so on a Notre Dame podcast? Someone said on a Notre Dame podcast? You know how they have their Twitter page yes. and they'll re, you know, retweet, you know. Yep. I won't say the name because, you know, whatever. It's it, fine. Yep. And so that's what inspired the tweet. And Notre Dame fans. You know, they're in their emotions over stealing their emotions over the fingernails, you know, in their emotions about some other stuff with the kid that took his picture running off the field. Then he had a press conference yesterday where he was asked about the kid. They're in their feelings about his response. 
It's just, dude. So I got a bunch of whatever. The point is, Sam Harvard's nowhere near Caleb Williams as a quarterback. He's not. That's especially my not as opinion. a pro prospect. Especially yeah. not as a pro prospect. Yeah. As my opinion, I stand on it for myself. And the fact that Sam Harmon is Notre Dame's quarterback is not going to change my objectivity when it comes to that statement, period, right? And then everybody wants to move the goalposts, right? They want to tell me about somebody else on another podcast in Notre Dame that pointed out how efficient Sam Hartman is and he's top 15 in the nation. And then we go to all of this other stuff. And I'm like, dude, he he might not even eclipse 3,000 yards past. Literally. He might not eclipse 3,000 yards past. So I put, I said, which transfer quarterback has been better? Jack Cohn or Sam Hartman? No. And oh, people got offended, right? Because I guess this this other guy on this other podcast, when he was talking about efficiency, also said that Sam Hartman is the best Notre Dame quarterback since Brady Quinn, and I call cap on that. <laughs> I know two quarterbacks in 2015 that I would much rather have in a big game against USC and Ohio State than Sam Hartman. Because I actually watched them go into hostile territories and put up 30 points. You need points to win games. And I'm sorry, against the best competition, I don't care how, you you talking about efficiency, QBR, all them stats, how many points are you putting up? How many points as a quarterback are you putting up? 14 against Ohio State is not good enough. That's four more points than Tyler Buckner. That's true. It's very true. And Tyler Buckner was on the road. So what are we talking about? So let's be honest. That's not why. That's not what we brought this quarterback here to do. We expected more, and we didn't get it in the bigger games. No, I understand because people are going to say, "Well, it's a team game." You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. However, when you brought that quarterback here. You did not anticipate the same offensive struggles. You thought he would elevate in spite of. Yeah. That's what most of us thought. And it hasn't happened. So if you're not objective enough to give some blame, go ahead. You can give blame to the OC. You want to go back to the summer and give blame to Jack Swarbrick? Fine. For the handling of the the Ludwig situation? Fine. You can blame the wide receivers. You you can nitpick the offensive line. Right? Yep. That quarterback has yet to put up. I mean, if you want to count the 40 points they put up against USC, when the defense pretty much set them up for three touchdowns, all right, fine. But he, Notre Dame fans had a problem. With me saying Caleb Williams is a better quarterback. Like, oh, you you love him and da da da. It's like, dude. Yes, I love great players. You're I, right. I, 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 I said before the season, players. 
I said before the season that Caleb Williams was awesome too, and Notre Dame Twitter came at me too. And I'm just like, guys, I, I don't I don't know we, I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, I can I can say on one breath that Sam Hartman is a really good college quarterback. Really yeah. good college quarterback. And he's been good for Notre Dame. He's been good. Yeah. Not great, but good. And I can say in the other breath that Caleb Williams is the going to be the number one draft pick in the 2024 NFL draft, and he won a Heisman last year. I can say both those things because they're true. <laughs> is Sam Hartman a better pro prospect than Caleb Williams? Absolutely not. It's not even close. It's not even close. And then, I, you know, fans were saying that the guy with the original, oh, he that's satire. He was joking. Nobody would seriously say sure. that. Okay, that's fine. But what about the former Notre Dame players? In the thread that agreed, and the Notre Dame podcast that agreed. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Like, if you don't, that's fine. If if you want to take the fingernail situation and some other stuff and label Caleb Williams, that's fine. I, I don't do that to people that I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't take one or two incidents and I don't know you, I don't know anything about you, really, and try to label you. Like, no, I don't do that. That's not how I treat people. I can't speak for anybody else. And I'm not, maybe that's it. I don't get that emotional in my fandom. I just don't. Like, I don't use my fandom to hate players on the other team. I just don't. I I use my fandom. I I respect players, man. I respect them. So, I mean, yeah. I I just don't. So, I'm not, if that's the case, I Riley Leonard would suck to me. Yeah. You know, Jack Plummer was Sean. The best me. was there were people in this chat. There was a hypothetical that we were asked. I think it was asked on. I forget when it was asked. To be honest with you, someone had asked basically if Caleb Williams entered the portal, would you take him? And I am not. I am not. Yeah. Oh, I am not being hyperbolic when I said there were people in the chat literally saying they would yeah. not take Caleb Williams in. Yeah, absolutely. But Absolutely. not because of the, the fingernail thing. That was a couple people. There, but there were other legitimate people that were saying no because they think he's overrated. That's fine. That's fine. In his overrated state, he's probably better than – name a quarterback in Notre Dame's history that he's not better than. I mean, talent-wise. I don't, I... And last night, one Nick Kramer, who who follows the show, you know, have really good conversations with him on social media. Yeah, I've seen Nick asked a very media. interesting question, you know, and he was like, "If you're going to start a team, you know, which quarterback would you use?" Okay, and I flat out said the two quarterbacks from 2015. Yo, my three would be Ev, Malik, and Deshaun. Give me those three before Sam Hartman. Because oh, they, they impact the game in more ways than Sam Hartman. I don't want to hear about that efficiency. Yep. They're more equipped, and they showed it, that they can walk into in a big game, walk go on the road, and put up 30 points. And I said Sam Hartman would have been very close to being my pick until the last four games. It just – because. Put it like this. Ev went on the road mm-hmm. as a 10-point underdog against Oklahoma as a true freshman 
numbers weren't that great. He was like 15 for like 29, but he made big play after big play with his legs and his arms. When Oklahoma tied the game up, who hit Chris Brown on the deep pass? He did. Everett Golson. Yep. Give me that dude. Because in big games, I need somebody that can make plays, big-time plays. I don't care about stats and efficiency. Big-time plays and points on the scoreboard. That's all that matters to me. That's it. That's all that matters. And he was the best Notre Dame player on the field when they faced Alabama and got trounced. He played his tail off as a true freshman. Deshaun, two weeks after Malik gets hurt, walks into Clemson in a storm and puts up points. And Notre Dame fumbled going into the end zone twice. So they should have had more. Yes, give me those two dudes over Sam Harper. Yes. 2014 Florida State. The game was taken from us. Ev outplayed Jameis Winston. Like, sure, sure. I, we have proof of Notre Dame quarterbacks in big games. But people want to talk efficiency and all of that stuff. Man, you need points. You need points. That's I just it. got a headache, man. I just got a headache. Someone in the chat just called Caleb Williams a running quarterback. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give me a second, dude. I might have an hey, bro, aneurysm. This is, this is I'm going to have an aneurysm, stuff. dude. That, that's like, that's like when Stephen A. Smith about. called Dwayne Haskins a scrambling quarterback at one point. Like, what are we talking about, man? Just because a guy can extend plays and throw off platform does not make them a running quarterback. My God. All right. I'm moving on from that. That is – oh, you my know. gosh. I feel like I just got punched in the head, dude. Congratulations, Look, person in the chat. You just punched me just, in the face. Congratulations. Just, just to show I was asked a question. I did not bring up Caleb Williams. Someone asked about it in the mailbag. That is the you only did, reason. You, did. you didn't start it. You didn't. The start only it. reason I brought up Caleb Williams on this show, and so it was I a great conversation. Hear, until yeah, I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't yeah. know if, if Caleb Williams is overrated. If Caleb Williams is overrated, what is Sam Hart? Oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. They need to, they need to bring Caleb Williams in and run the triple option or something. Like what, what am I, what am I reading, man? I'm just, no one called him overrated after the game in the Coliseum last year. No, no. They just hated him because he put nail polish on his, on his fingernails. Like nobody called him overrated then. Yeah. But yeah, you won't take him at Notre Dame as your quarterback. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. There needs a reality check sometimes, man. I, uh, there's even things yeah. that worry me about Caleb Williams a little bit. And it's more about, like, support system around him than anything. But, like, that's a different conversation. That's a completely different conversation. He's not mm. a running quarterback. He's a quarterback who can run if he felt like it. <laughs> there is a completely different thing there. Uh, let's move on, though, Sean. Michael Collins said, did Notre Dame change its policy on committed players visiting – Notre Dame or Notre Dame commits visiting other schools. If not, should it be given the current flip climate? If they do, do you agree or disagree? So it's still structured, Michael, as this. A Notre Dame player can visit another school 
or an, a commit could visit Notre Dame if it is an unofficial visits. If a Notre Dame commit takes an official visit to another school, they consider them decommitted at that point and vice versa. They will not accept a visitor that is wants to take an official visit to campus. That is still the structure that has not changed. I am all for it personally. I have no issues with that rule at all. So we also had one, Sean Adam Blair just asked, Hey Ryan, are you doing going to do a coaches on the road segment? I know that Brian used to do one last year. So we did that during a lot of the dead periods this year, Adam. So make sure that if you're not signed up, I think you are, but just make sure if you aren't signed up at boards.irishbreakdown.com, we will be putting on the context of like not only where people will be, but also how the visits went once I talked to the players. So we had next one. Pull up. Actually, I think I want to do a different one first, Sean, because there was a um, – there was one that I thought was pretty funny. So maybe we'll come back to this one because I was I was actually kind of curious about this one. Oh, <laughs> all right. it's a super chat, so I got to bring it up next. I'm sorry. Uh, Nathan mm-hmm. Milton, super chat. Thanks so much, Nathan. It says, which former Notre Dame player detests Brian Kelly the most? Mm. <laughs> That's a great question, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think I know that answer. Okay. You go ahead if you want. Yeah. Cam McDaniel. Really? That's and so I know weird. I know it's shocking. I know it's shocking because Cam's personality is so is so filled with positivity and yo, he's just a really great person. But if you get a chance to talk to him, like I don't know if he's ever it would, if you ever meet Cam, have him tell you the story about how he kicked Brian Kelly out of the locker room. Before they played LSU in 2014 in the bowl game. Oh my gosh. Just ask him to tell you the story. Phenomenal story. Like, man, get out. And he left. That lets you everything you need to know. That lets you know everything. I don't think there is a. There may be. See, it's different, right? Because mm-hmm. players, if the leadership of a football team, if they want to have a talk, a players-only session, I'm sure they find a way to respectfully ask their their coaches, hey, that's the players. And most head coaches will be like, okay, cool. No, he got put out. He wasn't asked to leave. He got put out. Yep. You know, and that lets you know. So Cam McDaniel was the one that got them fired up for LSU. <laughs> he was the captain. He got them fired up. It's an incredible story. And um, I, I tip my cap to Notre Dame players because they have this way of whether or not it was a coach or certain things about Notre Dame, they have a way of talking about it, but still showing a lot of reverence and respect for Notre Dame, the institution, the program, and what it did for them. Sure. And continues to do for them. So, but they, yeah, most of them will go no holes barred now when it comes to Brian Kelly, like most of them. You have some guys... 
like Robbie Thomas, like a a Brian Kelly guy. Oh, is he okay? Yeah, Sean Crawford is very objective. Like he loves Brian Kelly, but he gets it. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He's he's like, okay, I'm not going crazy like some other guys, but I understand what they're saying. I was there. So, you know, it's a wide range. It's a wide range. That's very interesting. Cam McDaniel would not have been my guess for mm. not, not liking Brian Kelly. That's interesting. Hey, That's very strange. Cam had some stories along those lines. Interesting, man. That's very interesting. I might have to get in conversation with Cam and just get some of those stories off the Spring yard, but that that's funny. Uh, we also had another question from Timeout Tom who says, I'm getting a little impatient waiting for the 2025 class to add some offensive linemen. How many more times can Owen Streaming and Matty Augustine visit before committing? Uh, Tom, I mean, Owen Streaming has visited five times, Matty Augustine has visited three times. I, I'll say this about Owen Streaming and then real quick about Matty. Owen Strebig has been very consistent with he wants to wait until after junior year and then, you know, doing the whole um, official visit stuff and then making a decision then. But I said on on this show recently, as well as on the message board, that I wouldn't be shocked if that changes at some point. We actually had another question, Sean, that is kind of relates to this. Coleman Smith asked. Will Owen Strebig be committed for the tw- before the 2024 calendar year? And my answer right now, Coleman, with because look, as of right now, Owen Strebig is not committed to the University of Notre Dame, but they are his leader by a landslide, in my opinion. Like they are the number one for Owen Strebig right now. If mm-hmm. I had to guess, and this is again just my speculation, I would say yes to this question. I would say that he would make a decision before the calendar year is over. And back to timeout, Tom, I think that Owen Strebig and Notre Dame are in a great position, as is Matty Augustine. Matty Augustine's more of a, you know, it'll happen when it happens type of guy. Why Owen was a very, like, meticulous, like, this is what I want to do. But I think that could change. So I, I think Notre Dame's the leader for both. It's just about when the decision gets made. So And, you know, I respect Owen because if – if you don't understand the culture, and this is not because a lot of people know, there's a very strong culture in the state of Wisconsin when it comes to offensive line. Like there is a heavy expectation that the best offensive linemen from that state go to Wisconsin. Yep. It, I'm talking about from the time they are seventh, eighth grade freshmen and they start to build up and get noticed. And you know, Owen Strip is no different, man. No different. Um, the Flanagan kid is probably experiencing some of the same thoughts and pressures, you know, especially sure. with a new regime at the University of Wisconsin. So, yep. um, and they're probably selling this is not your, your dad's Wisconsin and, two, two and, yards and, in a cloud of dust, you know. And and Michigan has made a, a big push for a big push. Michigan as well. But and yeah, that's yeah. that's that speaks for itself. Heck, they've what been one of the Joe Moore finalists for three years in a row or something like that. So yeah. I get it. I get it with Owen Stribbick. Look, I want him just I want him in the class just as bad as anybody else. Yeah. Was very impressed with his sophomore film. You know, so man. 
Kid's a um, stud, man. He's a really good yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, but really most 25 kids really – you know, it, for me, it's rare to have 25 kids committing now. That's the rarity. You know, most kids, you know, once the bowl season is over, going into, like, the spring and then, like, the early summer, that's when you start to see a lot of 25 kids, like, really committing and, you know, the avalanche, if you will. So, hey, you told them, double R. Mm -hmm. You know. Just got to be patient, man. I know patience yeah. isn't – it's not easy yeah. sometimes. I definitely get it, but yeah. 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 Uh, Sean, we had a couple for you, actually. Oh, wait. Whoa. Here we go. Another super chat, man. <laughs> Nathan Millen is emptying his, po emptying his <laughs> pockets today for us. Sir. Thank you so much, Nathan. What household item would you compare Brian Kelly to? Why are we doing this? What are we doing? <laughs> oh gosh, what 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 item? Um, <laughs> I would compare him to a bidet. Mm. Why, Sean? Because it's just a fancy toilet. Hmm. That's all. That's all I gotta say. No explanation. That's all. Do you have you have one? This is such a weird question. I love it though. It's funny. Um some of these answers. <laughs> Someone said a pooper scooper. <laughs> it, originally I was thinking of plunging. Someone said a plunger. Said yeah, a plunger. Johnny has said a plunger. I said to myself, no, because the plunger actually clears things up. Someone said a bidet is not a toilet. You guys know what I mean, man. Like, forget it. Okay. We're not going into the bidet <laughs> thing right now. Good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He's a broom. He's a broom. Okay. Yeah. You know, you can try to sweep things up. But the truth of the matter is, you know, brooms get dirtier and dirtier every time you use them. That's deep, man. As much as he tries to crack jokes and explain things and clean things up, nothing comes. It's still dirty. You're <laughs> still dirty. I have to that's ask Brian, McDaniel about this one, I guess. I don't know. Brian McDaniel. I mean, that's Brian McDaniel. I'm sorry. That's Brian Kelly in a nutshell. That's man. That's Nathan. I don't know why you you asked that question, but that was pretty funny. Um, all right, let's, let's get off the next one. Sean, someone had asked this of you. Here we who, go. Me? Yeah, who me? Yeah, me. Uh, Tyler Eric says, Sean Davis, if your daughter is your daughter walking around campus in the same outfit, Amon Ra. War in the locker room this week? No, heck no. The bet was <laughs> I had this pin. Nice. That she sent to me that says beat ND in the you know USC colors. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna have to wear that on my shows this week. And you know, she has look, I try to explain to people. I try to explain to people that she is. A Notre Dame fan, the little girl grew up on Saturdays watching Notre Dame football next to me. She cheers for the school she goes to. That's what most people do. You know, so at heart, 
She's a Notre Dame fan, right? Like she gave up her season tickets this year. She's just like, they're not gonna do anything this year. Yeah. It's like she she knew it, you know. So um no, she wore one t-shirt, took a picture, sent it to me. You got the proof? Good. Yeah, she sent it to me, and that was good enough for me. You know, that was good enough for me. And she said no one even said anything to her. Interesting. Really? No one? <laughs> That's interesting. No, she said no That's one. Strange. You have to understand, man. We can probably do a whole podcast on this, but the level of disinterest in that program in comparison to the early 2000s, mid 2000s mm-hmm. is uh, some people might say troubling. Some people might say troubling. It is really, um, it's not the show that it used to be. I believe it. I'll leave I it at it. that. Yeah. Coleman Smith with back to back here, Sean. He just said quickly, is Notre Dame done at safety in 2024? Yes, I believe so, Coleman. I don't expect any other safety to be added or push for. And then Unless he had one for the transfer, right? Unless. Yeah, yeah. Transfer portal. portal is a completely different bag, but yeah. yeah. Yep. As for 2024 recruiting class, though, nope. Don't anticipate any other safeties. Coleman Smith also said, for Sean, I know you're a big basketball guy, as am I. Can you give me your prediction for Shrewsbury this first year? Or Shrewsbury, excuse me. Like um, I think they will. They'll struggle defensively a little bit. As long as they can knock down shots, they should be, because his system is all about layups and three-pointers. Like, that's it. Layups and three-pointers. And last year at Penn State, he had some incredible uh, shooters at guard, an incredible point guard that could do everything, you know, post you up, shoot. And then he had uh, guys like Lundy that were big men and athletic that could stretch the floor. So until he gets his recruits in to be able to fit his system, um, middle of the pack, ACC, uh, with an outside chance to get to the tournament. Because he's a really good coach. He's a really good coach. But you're completely turn over, turning over that roster, right? Like, isn't that the whole yeah. thing? It's like you're yeah. are, I don't yeah. – is that as big a deal in – in basketball as it is in football, since there's like less players, I don't know. Transfer portal is worse in basketball than it is football. Interesting. It's worse. Like literally, you can turn around. I think um Illinois plays Florida International. And I think Florida is it is it Florida International that ended up in the final four last year? Florida Atlantic, yeah. I think. Was Atlantic. it FAU? FAU. FAU. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Illinois plays Florida Atlantic, and they return pretty much the entire team okay. from the Final Four and picked up some other guys. So, yeah, I think Shrewsbury is going to have a, a successful first year. You know, don't expect the ACC championship, anything like that. But offensively, they're going to give teams problems. And then, you know, if they get better defensively, you know, they'll have more success. I've heard great things about Micah Shrewsbury, so I'm excited. He's a, heck, he's a heck of a coach, bro. Like, he's Dude, a heck of a coach. Sean, I, I used to follow Notre Dame basketball, like, religiously. I just had mm-hmm. – I, I lost it the last few years, though, man. I did. Like, the last few years, I was just kind of like, eh, it's not, like, exciting to me right now. You know what I mean? So He is yeah. – uh, 
you know, you have these college, it's the same thing. You have these college football lifers, yeah, college basketball lifers. Yep. And then you get guys that will come from the NFL and they just, you know, they can tell a kid like, yo, I developed, he can literally tell a kid, I'm the one that worked with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and developed them. Yep. If you're a high schooler, they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Sure. All right. And that is the next step, in my opinion, from uh, the last head coach who was a fabulous head coach, but he was, you know, he was a lifer. He was a college basketball lifer. He came off from under uh, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. Yep. I mean, so that's just the type of coach he is. So, yeah, Shrewsbury gives a a new vibe to Notre Mm -hmm. Dame with his connection to the NBA and development. We had another question for you. Uh, Coach Vic Seven said, hey, Sean, does Illinois have a shot at bragging rights this year? Man, no. (laughs) Quanzo Martin is a better head coach than Brad Underwood. No. No. I could – other than we got T to come back instead of going to the NBA and uh, Hawkins. Other than that, I couldn't tell you because I think they have like six or seven brand new guys from the transfer portal. It's no, I would expect Missouri to win that game. Interesting. Interesting. We had a next question from PK. What's up, PK? It says post Sam Hartman. Can you you can do one portal a starter, two portal a part timer, or three go with Minchie or CJ? Use choose which most likely and why, bro. The way they talked about Kenny Minchie in that prep week for USC, Gino Baduli is paying dividends. Yeah, I I, 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 number number two was my impulse, Sean. Like part timer to be a backup, cool, and then you have. Minchie and CJ kind of fighting it out for the and Angeli to be the starter. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I mean, now how would would you rather have? Because somebody got upset because I used the uh, comparison to Ferrari. I just expect that I expect the skill position talent as the group that are freshmen as sophomores to be more talented, and then you add that new group of freshmen and you yep. still have Jaden Thomas. I just expect the skill position players to be much better next year. I would agree. I would agree. Right. You, you shouldn't, you shouldn't really have a defection from the roster, right? I no. mean, you're going to lose Matt no. Salerno who's already hurt, yeah. but otherwise Chris Tyree could even come back if he wants Absolutely. to. So, I mean, yeah, I you should expect, be, you should be stronger next year for sure. Yeah. So I think with that much talent, um, yo, do you turn the keys over? to a young quarterback with that much talent, right? And then yeah. with the expanded playoff, the pressure to go undefeated is not there anymore. So the first game is at Texas A&M. Do you want that to be where a youngster has his first start? Or would you rather have a veteran that's played in some tough environments to be able to come in and possibly, you know, get you through the first two or three games until right. your guys are ready. I mean, it's, it's, it's right. going to be a, a, a interesting development. 
I, I will say this is PK. I would be a lot more willing to answer this question as well. If I knew what quarterbacks would definitely be in the portal or on the market, right? Like mm. that would change that could potentially change my answer completely. I just like, I, I know people have thrown his name around and there's been like kind of back and forth on it. But like if Riley Leonard wanted to come play at Notre Dame for a year, I hundred percent take Riley Leonard. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Wouldn't even think twice. Mm-hmm. As Kenny Minchie, you could still say Richard sophomore, potentially starter. You can talk about CJ Carr, Richard freshman starter. I mean, you mm-hmm. still have, you still have time, right? You still have time with those guys. It's not like I'm bringing in a guy to block a senior from playing. And then the senior runs out of eligibility that you'll like, I mean, you still have young guys. So I, I would consider it depending on who's available. I just don't know who's going to be available, but my impulse is number two on that one. That's my impulse. You could have a defection from the Texas because Texas quarterback room is crowded. Um, yo, it's like you said, some interesting names could could definitely hit the portal. Yep. Could definitely hit the portal. I agree. I agree. All right, Sean, we had another super chat. Man, Nathan just keeps coming here, man. He says, which top 10 team BKs the bed this week? Which obviously means do not do well in a big game this week. Which top 10 team? So I'm going to read the I'm top in. 10 games real <laughs> oh, quick. This is easy. Numbers, Number seven, Penn State at number three, Ohio State. You have mm-hmm. UCF at number six, Oklahoma. You got mm-hmm. Washington State at number nine, Oregon. You have number eight, Texas at Houston. Virginia at number 10, North Carolina. Number two, Michigan at Michigan State. Duke, number 16 at number four, Florida State. And Arizona State at number five, Washington. I'm going Penn State over Ohio State. That's been my pick. I was about to say the fighting James Franklin's. Which pains me, man, because I don't think James Franklin's that guy, but like he could be the guy this week. So we'll see. I think I fully expect. I don't know if dude, Penn State played a really good game against Ohio State last year. Yeah. Like that was the year where I expected them to get blown out. And yo. They showed up. I'm I'm interested. This is where I look forward to watching Drew Aller. That I I just want to see Drew Aller on the road in a big game. Because he's been kind of what's he's the best been word? what he's had. He's to be. He's, they've been putting train wheels on him for now, in my opinion. Oh, they yeah. haven't let him loose. They haven't let him really ride yet. So we'll see. We'll see. But you talk about see that game's a dream come true for Ryan Roberts. 11 o'clock start and no Notre Dame on Saturday. He gets to watch Caleb King against um, Marvin Harrison Jr. He gets to watch JT against the Penn State left tackle. Like, this is is NFL draft heaven for Ryan Roberts. I'll probably have the all 22 that night, which is going to be nice, but I won't be able to watch live because I'm actually going to be at the Harvard Princeton game this weekend. So that's a one o'clock start. So we'll not be there. That's a great time as well. I'm yeah. sure that would be a great time as well. But yeah, there's, two, there's two le- yeah, there's two legit NFL prospects in that game, believe it or not. Somehow, Princeton has a six foot eight, 315 pound offensive tackle, nice. and Harvard has a six two, 320 pound defensive tackle that squats 700 pounds. So mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna see that, man. We're gonna see that, but yeah. Oh man, all right. Did you see Next. what Matt, Pat McAfee did to Ryan Day today? No, what did he do? <laughs> You know he has the guy on his staff that uh, impersonates uh, Lou Holtz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he brought him on the show when Ryan Day came on. 
Oh no. To kind of mess with Ryan Day. I thought it was hilarious personally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ryan, you can tell Ryan Day was kind of like all, all right, right guys. All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Such a Ryan Day thing to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That guy's very unlikable, but another conversation for another day. We had a two-parter here from backup who says, Ryan, with the Phillies in the playoffs, I've seen a lot of Philly cheesesteak slander on the timeline. Are they actually overrated? In Los Angeles, we have a booze, which was started by Jersey folks and can't imagine a cheesesteak being better than that. Are Philly cheesesteaks really worth the hype? Yes, they are. 100% they are. Uh, I mean, I think backup, I think it's like any type of food. There's some really good, there's some not so great, and there's some mm -hmm. that are overrated, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's everything, though. But yeah. there are some really good cheesesteaks in Philly. And there's some really good cheesesteaks in South Jersey, believe it or not, like right over the bridge because people kind of come over and settle in the Jersey as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, I, lo I love a good cheesesteak. You know when I don't get a cheesesteak, Sean? When people advertise it as a cheesesteak sandwich. I'm like, oh, no, not for me. <laughs> not for me, Not please. what it is. <laughs> I right, my first cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak was at the market. Okay. Yeah. I had a good one at the market. I think Philly is like uh, fried chicken wings in Chicago. Like you have places that try to be elevated chicken wings. And then you have places like Harold's, which is just like, yo, if you come here, go to the hood, get you a six wing <laughs> from Harold's. It's going to be a greasy bag, oh. mild sauce, hot, however you want to do it. And, and, the cheesesteak in Philly is the same thing. You know, they have the staples, you know, and the, the three places that are the staples that you have the greasy bag and and then you have some people that try to elevate it, you know, at other spots. But I man, I love I love what I had when yeah. I had it. Yeah. Just don't don't go to look, you're always gonna people are, you're gonna go into Philly. And you're going to Google what the best cheesesteak is. And then you're going to end up going to one of the mainstream places. And that's never the best cheesesteak. It's just never mm -hmm. the best cheesesteak. There used to be a place in Philly called Chinks. It used to be called Chinks, which is not racist. It was mm -hmm. um, called Chinks because it was actually the guy's last name. But they made mm -hmm. him change it anyway because, yeah, yeah. sensitivity, right? Yeah. Um, but that place was legit. I don't even know what it's called anymore, man. But there are some good cheesesteaks. Uh, Irish Gordy Knott's about to get blocked in a second i just can't take this stuff right here penn station penn station has a, a decent uh steak sandwich in, in south bend i tried it out i went to lunch with with uh beatrice nice after practice one day and i tried the steak sandwich there. it was pretty decent i was like okay penn station well you know what's funny is someone that so the knights of columbus guys right at the game they were like uh, they they told me to come by and for like a steak sandwich, right? Mm -hmm. So my mind, of course, went to cheesesteak, right? Mm -hmm. And then I got there and I'm like, this is a sirloin steak on a roll. Like this is not a cheesesteak. <laughs> this is just a steak sandwich, but it was delicious. Oh, a flat out steak sandwich. Yeah, but it but it, it took me by surprise. I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting, but it was still delicious. Yeah, one of the places up here, uh, one of the Italian uh, beef spots, has a fantastic ribeye sandwich. Just fantastic with the grilled onions and the steak sauce on it is sounds good, man. Phenomenal. Sounds good. Sounds good. We had I'm gonna rock through a few of these because some of them are just almost yes or no's <laughs> type of thing at this point. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We had Tyler Binge who just said, comment, Sean, great show with Shane. Also love the argument segment you had with Malik. What were you guys arguing about? <laughs> so we got off and we were talking about um, Malik started the conversation basically saying like, I'm, I have not gotten the juice from Sam Hartman coming in that I thought I would. Okay. Right. So it was that whole conversation. And I asked the question like, yo, has he done more or has he been better than Jack Cohn was as a transfer? And then he started to argue me down that Jack, because I said, yo, let's be objective. Jack Cohn's offensive line was terrible in comparison to was. what Sam plays behind. I said, okay. but Jack Cohn had better receivers than Sam has had to deal with. All right, because Kevin Austin, that was his best year. He was finally mm-hmm. healthy. He still had Michael Mayer. Yep. That was Lorenzo Styles' freshman year. He came yep. on in the second half. Look good. I was like, yo, I mean, let's be objective. We can just say it, but let's be objective. Like, who are you more impressed with? And he was like, Notre Dame didn't have – Jack Cohn didn't have a number one receiver. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like Kevin Austin was definitely a number one receiver, and Michael Mayer. And yeah, I think they, I think they both had like over seven hundred yards that year. So like they were both pretty good. Yeah. Oh, he said the wife argument. Oh, oh the wife argument. Oh, now that's out of context. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Malik and I were yeah. talking about, you know, there is a science to arguing with your spouse or your girlfriend, right? Okay. For me, sure. it's, it's my wife of 24 years, soon to be 25, and Malik, you know, his fiance. And both of us married young ladies that came from difficult backgrounds, okay. whatever. And, you know, I said, like, yo, I'm very good when it comes to arguing because I can dissect your words, word for word, you know, like, I can do that. I said, but my wife has this switch that she hits. And I was like, yo, I just have to like back away. <laughs> That's not me. I'm not an expert with the expletives. I'm not good at forming those. So oh, you win. I don't even want to go down that road with you. Right. And we both <laughs> laughed about it because he said, yeah, uh, yeah, my fiance is the same way. I try to keep it intellectual to give myself a chance. But yeah, we're just, and then, you know, people in the chat joined in. We were just talking about, you know, 
the makeup of the argument culture, you know, in your relationships. It's, it's, you know, I don't know, I don't know where you stand with, with your wife, double R, you know, you feel like you win most of yours, but you know, I don't win any of mine, Sean. Yeah. I don't win any of them. I understand. In my mind, I win some. In actuality, <laughs> I don't win any. So yeah, man. Yeah. I, I don't win a thing. <laughs> I gracefully bow, bow out a lot. Yes. A lot. Yes. You yes. know, but you know what works for me? And my, I just had this conversation with my wife last night when I give her the silent treatment. Like if I don't say anything and give her the silent treatment, like for a day. It, it it really breaks her down. It, it breaks her down. Same. She, My wife like, is the same. Don't it really but, but messes some, with her? But sometimes she gets more angry, and then she's like, "Why you're talking to me all the time?" Like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what you want from me right now. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me right now. I'm a little confused, but. <laughs> But yeah, my, my, my argument game, I have to be intellectual. I can't I can't get into the emotions. That's great. It's very very smart of you, sir. It's very smart of you. <laughs> we we had our next question was we're winding down here. Nathan Milton said, What's your sense on Namdi Agboko, who is the defensive tackle out of the state of North Carolina, committed to Georgia in the 2024 class to visit another game a couple weeks ago? Uh, this is my opinion, Nathan. I, I think that Notre Dame had a shot, and I still I still think they have a little bit of a shot. But there was kind of an assumption that Aiden Breland for a few days was going to go to Georgia, and then he decided to go to Oregon, right? So now Georgia's not going to be overly crowded on the defensive tackle position as they once were. So I think that it got a little bit harder for Nandi Agboko, but I think Notre Dame is still doing their due diligence to try to make that happen. So we shall see. We shall see. We had a good question here, Sean. Obviously, we had CJ Procise on earlier for anybody that's joining this show now. But John Grisali, Grisali, excuse me, loved watching CJ's versatility when he was at Notre Dame. Out of the 2024 and 2025 running back commits, Justin Thurman seems to have the most versatility. If running back doesn't work out, would he be better as a wide receiver or a defensive back? So, Sean, I actually talked to Brian Smith about this because he's seen Justin Thurman more than just about anybody being down in Florida. Mm -hmm. He told me that he thinks that Justin Thurman could play safety or wide receiver if he wanted to. Uh, he thinks that. I personally, John, like I'm more like if this was something that happened and Justin was moving it from running back, I would rather keep him on the offensive side of the ball because 4-3 <clears throat> speed is mm. better served with the ball in his hand typically, right? So – wide receiver would probably be the designation, but it sounds like he can play safety if he, if he wanted to. So, yeah. I don't know if you have an opinion on that, Sean, but that's just kind of what Brian Smith told me. But, yeah. 4-3. Yeah, yeah. Let's find a way to get him the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, man. I don't think people realize the amount of talent, offensive talent. Like, I give this staff a lot of credit, right? Because there's really... There was a lot of buzz about the 23 class because it was really Marcus Freeman's first class, his staff, 24 classes, you know, jumped off with C.J. Carr and Cam Williams. And there was a lot of buzz and, you know, it's, it's solid. It's yep. just been solid, you know. Agreed. And, um, but even with that being said, the skill position, the narrative of the skill position at Notre Dame is changing right before our eyes. Agree. I feel very uh, confident 
and being able to say that. Very confident. You're like, I understand you're looking at the freshman wide receivers right now. You're like, oh, they can't do this. They can't do that. Yo, just, just wait. Notre Dame has like, what, five tight ends literally playing, getting a lot of tick. Five. Yep. Is it haven't five? even used I a couple five? Haven't even used a couple of them in the passing game yet, Sean. Oh. So like we have, we haven't seen Eli Rarity to catch a pass yet. We haven't seen Cooper Flanagan catch a pass yet. So yeah, man. They got some tight ends. They got some yeah. tight ends. And the running shocking, back shocking oh. that Notre Dame has tight ends. Like, who would have thought that that would ever happen, right? But yeah. Sean Dan V just asked. Last minute mailbag, Sean. Do you still talk to Justin Scott? If so, how is he doing? I know Notre Dame is not going to happen, going to happen, but he seems like a good kid. I haven't talked to honestly. I haven't talked to him in a while. I talked to him, you know, right after he made his decision. Me and, and actually, I talked to Cam Williams two nights ago. You know, just catching up, and then um, asked him if he, if he had talked to Justin. And mm-hmm. he was like, he pretty much was like, no, nah, you know, I, I left them alone. Um, you know, hey, they are good friends, so they talk, but they don't sure. talk about, you know, recruiting or anything College like that. Stuff. And uh, yeah. Justin has been dealing with injuries this uh, year, uh, this season. Uh, I think they which explains Tony. why St. Ignatius having a little bit of a tough year, right? Aren't yeah. they having the best yeah. season ever? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Joliet Catholic, they play Joliet Catholic tonight, I believe. Which is a big time game, but um, well, that that, that that's, they, that's a defensive tackle that's going to Wisconsin. He plays for Juliet, right? Yeah, the, um, yeah. I forget his name, but he's a good. Player. Yeah, so he is. Uh, yeah, he's he got injured in the uh, Brother Rice game. Okay. Early in the season when they played Brother Rice, and uh, yeah, you know they just their team is just not as good as they were last year. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I I saw a couple of their scores, and they definitely don't seem to be quite as good as last year. Mm-mm. We we had a question, Blake Kajar or Jar, excuse me if I'm pronouncing <clears throat> it. Don't know if you hit this topic yet. Latest on Carter Nelson. Think there is hope to land Anthony Rizak. Uh With Carter Nelson, it's it's about now a family decision that's going to be made moving forward. Notre Dame certainly gave him a lot to think about. Blake, I think it could go either way. I could see him flipping to Notre Dame eventually. I can see him sticking with Nebraska. I think those are the two options that are on the table. So next few weeks will be vital for that recruitment. Once getting a guy on campus is huge. Like you say all the time, double R. Like make him think, man. Make him think. Actually, he's he's thinking. Like Notre Dame didn't make him think. Yeah. No Nebraska's performance. (laughs) That's also making him think, probably. Made him think. And then he probably was like, you know what? Let me uh take this trip up here to uh the usc game because uh <laughs> right yeah right. i'm looking at the quarterback situation and it's like i don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah they got and some the big, big kid that's basically like a he's basically like a power read quarterback he's like a 6'5 215 pound <clears throat> kid just running like off tackle and stuff i'm like okay all right mm-hmm. cool. cool think there was hope to land anthony rezak We'll see Blake on that over the next few weeks as well. Mm-hmm. If if he doesn't get a ton more offers, because right now all the military schools are the only ones. This is Anthony Rizak, who's a quarterback out of Omaha West Side. Of course, Teddy Rizak's brother, who Notre Dame offered a preferred walk-offs, walk-on, excuse me, spot two. I think that they'll have a chance if the offer list stays small, but I think that there's hope that, you know, 
he'll boom a little bit from the recruiting over the next few couple months because he's having a really good senior year. So we'll see if it booms. But if not, I think Notre Dame will have a shot. We shall see, though, with what the offers bring. 99 problems week one. The Mikey Gilbert conversation got me thinking. How would you rank each wide receiver from the combined 2023 and 2024 classes? That would help put Gilbert's talent level into context <coughs> from Notre Dame perspective. All right, Sean, ready? We're gonna we're going to rank these seven receivers as recruits. We're gonna do it right now. Okay. No, uh, so we have 2024 cl- uh, 2023 class: Jaden Greathouse, Braylon James, Caleb Smith, Rico Flores Jr. 2024, you have Cam Williams, Logan Saldate, and Micah Gilberts. Okay? Let's just go one by one. Number one on your list would be? Oh, Cam. Cam Williams as well. Cam, yes. it, yeah, he's undoubtedly the number one. I would agree. I would agree. Cam Williams yeah. would be number one. Your number two would be? I would go Great House. Number I, two. Would, I would also go Jaden Great House number two. Yeah. Your number three would be? Now, see, I have to. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my man. heart. I'm going to give it to yeah. Rico. I'm going to give okay. it to Rico. Number three would be Micah Gilbert for me, actually. Micah uh, Gilbert that, would be number it three. Was, they're three, four for me. So you don't. Okay. I'm going to Gilbert at four. So you got Gilbert yeah. at four? Yeah. Four for me would be Braylon James, would be number four. Yeah. Number five for me would be Rico Flores Jr. So we have the same middle three there, just in a little bit of a different order. Number yeah. five for you would be? I really like the Salde kid. Saldate? You like him? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. a good player, man. I, I think I've heard some things. Next year, Caleb Smith might be a problem in that slot, man. I've heard that too. I've heard that too, yeah. So it's – that's why your Braylon James, I think by the end of it, Braylon James might have a shot to be top three. Possible. Yeah, possible. That's just all talent. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm well, going my, to go. go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say my six and seven. I would actually have Logan Saldate, then Caleb Smith. I liked mm-hmm. Caleb, but I wasn't the biggest Caleb Smith guy of all time. I really like Logan Saldate, man. I like him a lot. I really like mm-hmm. him a lot. So yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. All right. And then last one, Sean, we have to end with this stupid comment. Uh, Brandon Gilbert's and not stupid from Brandon's perspective, just a Desmond Howard thing. Did either of y'all see Desmond Howard say that Notre Dame doesn't have the athletes on the outside to compete with Southern Cal's wide receivers. That show has deteriorated. Yeah. Sean, not only that stupid comment, I also had to listen to, you know, the Michigan thing that's happening right now with like the, you know, the investigation that's happening. Yeah, of I course, saw what he said about that. But why are we bringing Desmond Howard on to talk about that? He's a Michigan guy. You think he's going to tear Michigan down if he thinks they're wrong? Like, well, he's the only it's, one, it's one on that show. He's the only one on that show that's willing to do spots like that. Curb Street. he's, you know. He's he's too big. He's not doing a spot like that to come on, you know, one of the morning shows to talk about that. And Reese isn't. I mean, you know, the host Fowler isn't either. So he's he's the guy. It's it's either him or the Steve guy. That's the betting guy. Oh yeah, the Steve, who's you also know? not very good at betting. At picks, but... right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like Bear was knocking it out the park, but man. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you know, Sean, I heard I heard him talking about the situation though, and I'm like, 
What did I expect Desmond Howard to say about the Michigan situation right now? What did I expect him? I, I understand you're pulling from like a limited base or whatever, but like get someone on there that's not that have any bias attached to him. Like he's a Michigan guy. Of course, he's not going to tear Michigan down. Like I didn't I need was, to hear him say it. I was perfectly fine with Heather Dennich being the only person to talk about it. Right, right. Like I An unbiased opinion. I understand fine bomb and his allegiance to the SEC and this is a Big sure. Ten thing. Okay, cool. But, you know, you got some other guys there. You can pull the Ocho, you know, Ocho got, you know, Sam Ocho, he does college football live. Yeah. You know, I understand, you know, it's, I, he's just a go-to guy, you know, on location from game day, wherever they are. But that's not even the most embarrassing thing he said last <laughs> Saturday. Is. Oh, that, that was nothing. That oh, was nothing. God. He actually did a film breakdown of Michael Penix. And I don't know if I you're familiar. You know, I, I don't that. know if you're familiar with uh the young lady rapper Lotto, you know, and her hits, her hit single. Um, no. um he said he needed Michael Penix. His name is Michael Penix. But in his breakdown, Desmond Howard said he needed Michael Penix to have big Penix energy. Oh, I heard this. I heard and I man. said, you know I what? I say, bro. Bro, that's embarrassing. Oh, no, Sean, I saw this because Desmond Howard literally was chanting it on college game day last Mm -hmm. week. Big Penix power. Big Penix energy. Sorry, big Penix energy. I'm just like, my God, dude, how old are we? Like, how old are we? You totally changed this. His name is Michael Penix. Yeah. It does not rhyme with that other word. So you, (laughs) you forced it. You just forced it. Uh, it's like really that's what we call a slant rhyme sean that's what we call a slant rhyme i was an english major that's what we call a slant yeah but that show has uh you know because lee lee corso who was the show pretty much he's at the end yeah you get towards the end and and you know for health reasons it's not like he's bad you know he is who he is now because of health reasons and it's he's a shell of himself and it's yeah. tough to watch. Desmond Howard is, and to have a Michigan and Ohio, Ohio State guy, yeah, it's like okay, how much hate do you want to have for Notre Dame every week? Because you know it's coming. Yeah, the the worst part is like I don't even like hate um, Herb Street much as far as like his opinion on things. Except when it comes to Notre Dame, Sean, it's just so biased, man. And it's always biased towards Ohio State as well. Which again, I understand that completely. At least he doesn't come off as just kind of a doofus like Desmond Howard does a lot, though. Like mm-hmm. Desmond Howard just comes off as a doofus all the time. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't listen to this guy, man. I can't and to this and guy. I will say this. It's, Lee Corso wants to be connected to the show. Yeah. It helps him. It helps him with his health to stay active. But, you know, eventually they're going to have to make that transition, you know. And I feel like it's starting, obviously, with the Pat McAfee stuff, right? Like that transition's starting. It's right? gonna be a yeah. sad day, man. Yeah. Because there was there was nothing better than waiting to see his pick. I know, man. That was, that was like that a great thing nothing, growing up, man. That there was, was nothing better than that. Nothing better. Man. Yeah. You're not wrong, man. He was, yeah, he was he was he was awesome back in the day. He was so entertaining. Mm-hmm. He was really entertaining in his A day. Yeah. He really was. I feel, I feel bad game. about it, honestly. But yeah, you know, he was a coach. He was a player. 
he knew what the heck he was talking about and he knew yep. the he, he knew the betting side of it. He was just really comprehensive. I agree. I agree. Well, folks, that's going to do it for the Notre Dame recruiting hour here on the Irish Breakdown podcast. Before you go, if you could please just hit that like button for us, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star mm-hmm. reviews are always very, very much appreciated. Make sure you go to follow Sean Davis and the Lucky Lefty podcast. Of course, we are going to be doing a lot of board activity on the board this weekend, talking about some games since we're off from Notre Dame football this weekend. So make sure to go to boards.irishbreakdown.com and check out all the latest recruiting and team intel. we got some recruits on the road this week. Who would have thought? And make sure that there's always news to know for Notre Dame Nation. See y'all so much. Uh, see y'all very soon here again on the show. Want to thank everybody for joining us today. All the great questions, all the super chats. We'll talk to you again very soon here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.